Hello and welcome to Exiting Through the 2010s, a podcast about the movies from 2010s. I'm Jack Draper. With me is Valerie Keaton. Hello, Jack. How is your day going? It's pretty well. We are not with Clay. Clay is feeling under the weather. It's just me behind the mic today with Valerie to talk about 2019's Black Christmas. 2019's Black Christmas, yes. You're behind mm-hmm. the recording booth glass. I am not. <laughs> That's only for the hosts. Yeah, us, yeah, yeah. Right, guys right. are on the other side. <laughs> but there's an on-air sign that's blinking. Right? Yes. Yeah. Imagine talk radio, and yes. it's basically kind of like that. Yeah. yeah. Mm-hmm. Um. Yeah. Uh. It, it's like Howard Stern esque, where it's like there's a couch for guests, mm-hmm. and, yeah. and I'm just like behind a stone wall. Yes. Uh, we we are continuing horror month. Very exciting. Uh, we we are you know a, we have chosen like another. We have a guest that has chosen another Blumhouse, uh, which is which is uh, for today's episode. I meant like mm-hmm. like for uh, for us, and it's good that we get some uh, some representation and an opinion on another Blumhouse film that has uh, that has been a studio that's defined the twenty tens horror. But before we get into all that, that that is concerning 2019's Black Christmas, let's talk about like your, uh, you know, infatuation with with horror as a genre. Have you always been a horror fan? If if you can recall, like some horror as a kid, just like your general vibe about that. And I guess like where it stands for you as like a genre that you love the most. It's my privilege to teach you this semester. Enjoy your winter breaks and Merry Christmas. Sup, ladies? Excited for tonight? It is our last day of our last fall semester of college ever. Jingle bell, jingle bell, jingle bells ring and jingle bells ring. Can you take a photo of all of us? Of course. Where's Helena? She was tying back a sodas earlier, but she looked really good. Cheese. We shouldn't have let her go back by herself. She's fine. Come on, live a little. Helena hasn't gotten home yet. If I were missing, I'd want you to unleash the bloodhounds and track me down. She was at DKO last night. Still creating problems, huh, right? Hello? Hello? I'm worried that something bad happened. It's winter break. Could just be a delay of some sort. Snow. My friend is missing. Nine times out of ten, the girl's just with a boyfriend. I will bring you to your knees.
This school has 200 years of history. <laughs> Many sacrifices have been made to keep our traditions alive. You're all insane. I'm tired of hiding. I'm tired of running. Go, 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 go! Ho, 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 bitch. You mess with the wrong sisters. Horror has, like, I was, like, very frequently, like, a very scared kid growing up. Like, even, like, at, like, at trailers growing up, I would always be scared by, like, the loud music and, like, by shadows and things. I remember, like, my biggest fear as a little kid was, like, this really, like, bad episode of one of the Twilight Zone remakes, like, in the early 2000s. And there was, like, someone whose face you never saw in the episode, but I still, like, held my hands away, so, like, over my face. I'm I'm doing the motion right now, which doesn't make sense because this is not a video podcast. It's like the ones you see on YouTube getting millions of views <laughs> these days. But anywho. And the ones on TikTok. Yes. TikTok, the ones that will exist only as clips as you watch them and then you won't listen to the full episodes mm -hmm. all the ones that would be listened to by the villains of the movie we're going to talk about today <laughs> those exist only to be listened to the villains that we're going to talk about today yes and nothing else in fact one of the villains of the podcast that we'll talk about today could be a representative in the movie we talk about today yes. mm -hmm. yeah certainly <laughs> but uh what was gonna say oh but so um uh, yes, yeah, so that was so early on, I was like a scared kid per se, but then like I got into like I just always loved Halloween and I loved like everything about Halloween, and so like I feel like just by osmosis, I was like, okay, I have to like face my fear of watching scary movies, and so like I watched a bunch of like the old universal horror movies, and I always loved those, uh, particularly, hmm, I always. It's it's there are qualms to be had with it, but I do love like the original Dracula of Bella Gosi, and I do mm -hmm. love like a bunch of those Frankenstein movies, uh, both with um, what's his name, um, Boris Karloff and then with mm -hmm. Glenn Strange, and also like the Wolfman movies are like goofier, but they're still fun. And over time, let me think. I also got really into like. The Joe Dante movies and like mm -hmm. American Werewolf in London, and so like uh yeah so I I I still definitely have a love horror blind spots uh but there are things that like I really obsess over horror wise uh like uh, hmm. yeah I, I do on the topic of slashers I do love like the I do love the movie Slumber Party Massacre and I yeah, love me too. Uh, it's so good yeah. and um I, I also love the sequel i know some people like the sequel better than the first but i prefer this, the first one a little bit mm -hmm. and um i'd say also um i do i've only seen the first two but i do like the sleepaway camp movies i oh i, I see they are good i would i will say this i, I will say that the um the first one the ending of it uh which i'm sure you know and i i'm sure most of the listeners know the ending 
Um, even though it was probably done as like an edgelordy thing in the 1980s, like, oh, what if, what if the girl has a dick? What if that's a surprise? Uh, the movie does, in a weird way, sort of capture like a real, like a very genuine and real feeling of being an outsider when being trans. And I don't think, obviously, it wasn't like consciously done, but it does work watching it via that lens, in my opinion. And and then in the sequel, uh, which stars uh, Bruce Springsteen's sister, Pam, that's also very good, but in a much more, like, goofy, like, um, almost child's play sort of way. Um, but, yeah, this is all to Oh, and how I forget. I also, I also just love George Romero so much. I love every George Romero horror movie I've seen. I need to still go through a bunch of them, but mm -hmm. he's maybe my favorite horror director, I think um oh and a few summers ago i just caught up with martin and martin was excellent i still need to see martin i still need to see oh martin, yeah actually. yeah that was that was um i think summer of the pandemic and considering mm -hmm. that's like about an illness it's like this is this is like i think that was like i didn't know that it was about an illness or mm -hmm. or kind of um epidemic either it was like whoa this is crazy yeah <laughs> it was like unexpectedly uh so prescient mm -hmm. uh yeah, and I I think that's really cool that you like were so interested in uh, the Joe Dante and um, you know American Werewolf in London type eighties horror as you can definitely see the correlation between that and the silent horror mm -hmm. of the yeah. Universal Monsters because um, like I think for me like the eighties horror was interesting and i definitely and i didn't have like any early memories i definitely i definitely like sought them out as a teen because i knew they were important but then rather um i i feel as though it was like you can see the direct correlation between that era of hades horror and then something where it's completely like done away with by the slasher boom mm -hmm. yeah definitely because like yeah like all those um um don joe dante um john carpenter as well and mm -hmm. I, I forgot i completely forgot what's craven carpenter's great yeah what's yeah. craven uh john landis but like yeah all of them had like very much an influence by yeah, like the silent era horror movies and like the early sound era horror movies. You can definitely see that. And yeah, the slasher does have a very stark different like look and feel to it. But it's it's interesting because it's like you can see some of those masters try to do that sort of style. But it's like it, it is interesting how like different it is and how like I don't know, it's kind of like does feel almost like a little bit of a rebellion just being like no let's like almost in the way of like the clash or something where it's just like no we're just gonna go for these loud like just like we're gonna scare you like abruptly and abrasively every single of these moments versus like the todd browning and like uh um uh, frankenstein ways where it was just all very like subtle and very like it was all mood yeah mood. Yeah. yeah 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 because 
I, I mean, I guess it's more like the uh, the Spielberg Indiana Jones um, thought of like we're just gonna cut out the fat and just leave in the good parts like this, and now we're just leaving in the scares and the gore mm-hmm. uh, and the makeup effects and the parts that like really stuck with those generations as kids. Yeah, um, which mm-hmm. like makes sense, and then in return, it like then like crafted their sense of like their sense of identity as a as a director and their sense of uh what they're wanting to say and sometimes they wouldn't say anything at all but then <laughs> yeah i feel as though it's like it, yeah it definitely like defined an air and i feel like it's it is one of those things like it, it they are timeless as as it's like because it's so era defining um and that's and that's yeah that's that is interesting interesting for like that group where it's like you can't really say that i think for like the 90s also because i think it i think we mentioned that because we uh are releasing this after our poughkeepsie tapes episode mm-hmm. and we talked about the 90s and horror uh briefly and and how it's just like the decade coming after like this generation is is mm-hmm. like um a step below no, no certainly it's like yeah because it is like such like a reaction that that's always gonna like be like even if they're great movies which so much of them are but it it does really feel like a reaction in a lot of ways first and foremost like how francis ford coppola's bram stoker's dracula a a perfect movie just such a perfect movie but it is Mm. like a return to an older style style of horror movies and it is like and a more like formalist style of horror movies so like yeah it is like yeah it does feel like yeah more of like um yeah slightly less timeless just because it is so much a reaction to something else in a way versus yeah like yeah friday the 13th is one of those movies where it could have been made in like 1960 or it could have been made in like 2010 (laughs) right yeah that's absolutely true and considering like we have found i think from doing like random uh uh um guest choice episodes and also like our horror month episodes like that horror is a genre that is based off trends and reactions and mm-hmm. to see like what are the trends and reactions lead up to the 2010s horror is something that we're really trying to investigate and something that um may not come to us like uh, uh immediately but it's mm-hmm. but it is interesting where it's like when people bring new move new a new film to us that you know brings a new a new topic of like oh right like there was something that didn't work in the 2010s but is at least interesting to incorporate it into like the trends of this decade. And I mm-hmm. guess it's like, I don't know. I mean, it is a big, it is a big idea, but what do you see as the 2010s in horror? Hmm. Yeah. The 2010s in horror, admittedly, I haven't seen way too much of it, but I do feel like it was like very much a response to the 2000s when like post Blair Witch and post like, um paranormal all activity films, paranor- paranormal yeah. activity yes um like th- there was the found footage boom and like 
also the sort of like uh cgi became so much more accessible and you saw like the um all the late um era george romero legacy sequels of like of like the dead films and whatnot and right um i personally can't comment on those um because i haven't seen them yet but um the 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 consensus opinions are out there um you can check them out yourself um headlines read uh not good yeah Uh, it's on here (laughs) love you george but yeah (laughs) Um, georgie did not want to see this yeah and um and who knows? Maybe, maybe after this episode's released, I'll bite my words and be like one of those reclaimers. But we shall see. Um, <laughs> maybe you will maybe. too. Whoever's listening to this, yes. Yeah. Um, but um, also, so I feel like 2010s was sort of like a response to that. Also, of course, the elephant in the room is like the. Blumhouse, but specifically a twenty-four thing of the right. unquote elevated horror, which <laughs> I I feel like I feel like I'm at this point where like yes, <laughs> maybe maybe some people talking about the movies like six or seven years ago were kind of annoying, but also it's just like these directors were just giving the were just giving their shots. They were just trying to make movies that were scary and they were doing their best. And yeah. Yeah. And and the movies that were scary just happened to be patient and psychological that uh dealt with themes of like trauma and grief. It mm-hmm. seemed as though like in some maybe not directly but in some form like had those elements and i still am unsure of what a24 horror an a24 movie and i'm still unsure what elevated horror really means even though it's like thrown around as a negative and as an as an insult and as something that can be like dismissive um mm-hmm. but that is true that that for a few years in the uh latter half of the 2010s that we did see um things like the babadook midsummer hereditary it follows the witch you know these titles that are like very very important to the decade but rather like were grouped together to to mean one thing when it's like mm-hmm. they can mean different things on their own certainly yeah um and then uh you know there's a list on Letterboxd that that I was reminded of uh, that was like films that feel like A24 but aren't, <laughs> or 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 the other one that that gets me that's like films that feel like they could be Black Mirror episodes, which is another whole whatever. But um, and that and that just like makes me so confused because it's like they just feel all tour driven like I, I'm, I'm, it's it's very confusing but uh i there guess tours but in the wrong way right exactly in a way where it's like you're sort of like misguiding what what that means to like young film uh film nerds but um when you were on for a fantastic woman didn't we complain about letterbox I think we did, yes. <laughs> we love Box. We are like, I'm, I'm a patron. We, you know, it's very funny where it's like, okay, the subtle love, you know. But, um, uh, <laughs> the um, 
you know, the A24 of it all with the 20s and score is very important. And like probably some of the most iconic imagery will will come from that studio. On the other hand, it's like we have Blumhouse mm-hmm. that um, is making horror movies for five dollars. They can make as mo- as much money as they need because they didn't cost them anything. Mm-hmm. Um, and you know, I guess like, how do you how do you have much like love for I don't know like what have they done like Sinister? Uh, you had like Purge, I think was mm-hmm. them, yeah. and The Visit. I love The Visit. Like if yeah, if good. like off the top of your head. Mm-hmm. Um, I do love. Well, obviously, like Get Out is so good. Oh right, and duh. It, yeah. it's, it's like, <laughs> <yeah>. <laughs> and it's like incredible. Like I forgot about how much it like fully like like changed the course of Jordan Peele's career, like. Like, cause I remember when it came out, people were like, sort of still like, "Oh, the comedy guy, he's doing horror movies. Like, what's going on here?" And then everyone watched it and was like, "Oh, this is what you were meant to do. <laughs> this is what uh your career needs to be." And um, yeah, it's just like, and like I do really appreciate them for like uh. Yeah, giving chances in a sort of like um, what's it called? Like a like almost like a Roger Corman style way, where like um, just say, yeah, just have like small amounts of money, but they're willing to just let people do what they want to do. I'm not a big fan of the Purge movies personally, but I I do really respect they were able to like do something completely their own also like similar with like unfriended which i haven't seen which it came out which again i wasn't too big on at least at that time but maybe i'd get more out of it now maybe but it it is it does feel like it's one of the special studios in where people can really make what they want to make and do what they want to do um I did like split a lot and like uh just I'm trying to think if there's anything else that like sticks out to me. Um I wasn't personally too big into the Halloween remakes, but that's that's a that's a topic for another time. Um but um I think um I for this is so funny seeing the the like Wikipedia list of of um Blumhouse films. I forgot that the um the Dwayne Rock Johnson Tooth Fairy Fairy film is oh partially a Blumhouse production. <laughs> That's so funny. Before they figured out like their identity and they just like we need to figure out how to finance something that will make us money. Yes. <laughs> They're like so random. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, we got Dwayne Derock Johnson. We got Michael Lembeck, director of Cheers, Michael Lembeck. (laughs) Uh, Don't worry, guys. This will bring it in. This this will do it. (laughs) Oh, yeah. The Invisible Man. Happy. Yeah. We've, you know, know, I guess it's worth uh, uh, um, Pointing out that we've covered before the Happy Death Day movies when those mm-hmm. were chosen chosen for us and yeah. um 
uh, yeah, we've covered Get Out. We've covered Get Out and Whiplash are like sort of outliers as like mm-hmm. those were like major awards contenders. And uh, yeah, and so wasn't Black Klansman. Yeah, that's right. But it's but they can they can sort of like have a breakout hit uh, without like needing to make needing for every movie to be um to be like a necessity to make profit mm-hmm. yeah it it has been like yeah like i think roger corman is a great comparison as a business model for them mm-hmm. yeah because yeah like yeah just like trusting that like even if one doesn't work then the next one will or maybe the one after that will and just and I feel like um, whatever you think of Blumhouse, I do feel like, yeah, more studios should do this model because it works. Like, I would love to see, like, uh, studios make, uh, like, comedies again, but do this sort of model. Of, like, maybe each movie's, like, a couple million do- dollars and just let people make a comedy and let's see <laughs> some get huge and some not. And that's okay. And, Yeah. It's yeah. Oh, and I I just want to say say going back to like talking about uh quote unquote elevated horror and talking about like the trauma and grief that is like a lot of what people's criticisms are of like being like oh it's a horror movie but it's about trauma and the fate is is that like horror the genre of horror has always been about grief and trauma right. in ways <laughs> like um. Like Wes Craven's movies were a lot about like <laughs> the strict Christian upbringing that he had growing up in Cleveland, Ohio. <laughs> like, <Right. laughs> I yeah, yeah, I, and it's and it's like that is. I mean, is that not like the scariest thing uh, mm-hmm. that can that can happen to a person? Is just their their past and the haunted, uh, you know, internal struggle that that someone may have, and it's like. The fact, yeah, yeah, I, I guess it's just a matter of like when the internet is existing and like when when can everyone have an opinion on everything mm-hmm. can exist and how that will shape our perspective on mm-hmm. a, a film movement. On the year next episode, it was discussed that like a lot of horror is built on the idea of of like this isn't a horror movie. This is just a a a um a drama that is about a family and they've um they've undergone some struggle and they're trying to like stick it together and then there's something supernatural but that's like not the main focus i mean mm-hmm. don't look now kind of has this rosemary's baby kind of has this where it's like it was something where you can make a movie like trojan a horse into being a horror and i think that is also something that we see an Ari Aster do we see like a David Robert Mitchell do um mm-hmm. but it's one of those things that it's like we just don't have the words for it mm-hmm. uh, or at least didn't before the 2010s uh horror like mainstays did that yeah yeah it it, it, it is interesting seeing like over time like so many genres and subgenres of film open up and i mean it makes sense because like so many genres have like opened up over the 
over the past like 50 years like there's post-punk there's post-punk revival there's just so many like music subgenres. so it does it would make sense that like uh there are subgenres of movies too and it just like it is good that I, I i do feel like even if like the reaction to the words elevated horror are like so like polarized and divisive like i feel like there is like something to be said of like categorizing movies and and specifically horror movies in this way beyond just saying oh this one's a slasher this one's so and so this one's an occult movie etc etc and like look more at the feeling of the movie rather than just the elements that the movie does almost Mm -hmm. um what was your uh and now like what was your experience with the the black christmases so the black christmases um so i've never seen the 2006 black christmas Mm-hmm. I, I, and the 74 one, I only first saw it like a couple years ago and mm-hmm. I really, really enjoyed it. And, um, Margot Kidder's great in it. It's yeah, such a great Bob Clark movie. He's a man who has such like a <laughs> fascinating career. Yes. <laughs> um, but he, I just, lots of like. Lots of paycheck movies in there, but he is like a just an excellent craftsman, and he did undeniably do something so special with um with with the original Black Christmas, as well as like other movies he made, such as his feature film debut, the trans film She Man: A Story of Fixation. (laughs) (laughs) Oh my god, I had no idea. That's correct. Yeah. Because I I really know him as the person that did Black Christmas and a Christmas story. Yes. Which which I think that is just as wild of of a um of a craftsman as you can be. Mm-hmm. Um for like for like that kind of a career. And yeah. to see like he like he will just do anything. Anything even like <laughs> sort of like before even like falling backwards into like like reinventing like the slasher genre mm-hmm. no exactly he like yeah and just he would just he had a career where he he just seemed to go wherever he felt was right like there was a time where he lived in florida and then he obviously moved to toronto and made many a movie up Imagine in I just toronto. left <laughs> Just, just, just didn't come back. <laughs> yeah, just um, I just spent the next hour just talking about um, uh, uh what's the word? Talking talking about Bob Clark, and I was just like, okay, yeah, so this is this is a good time staying at the guest house on this episode, and perfect. Um, engineer, you're good. You got you got the hour. You got the hour set, but. Engineers, engineers asleep. Okay, engineer is falling asleep. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah. Um. We'll we'll wake him up when we need another pot of coffee. <laughs> um. Um. Hey, the intern. Uh, <laughs> give me some more saltines, please. Thank you. Yeah. He's doing the Lord's work. 
Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> Everyone, give it give it up for intern. Everybody, give it up for intern. <laughs> um, but, but so yeah. Um, and of course, at near the end of his life, Bob Clark also did Baby Geniuses. <laughs> right. Yeah. <laughs> Which was a movie that I thought I made up in my head. Like, when I was a little kid, uh, I saw it in daycare. And then, like, I told it to my parents, like, a week later. I was like, can we see that movie again of the babies who talked and, like, had a, a league of <laughs> within themselves? And my parents were like, okay, we're not going to do that because that movie doesn't exist. <laughs> oh, yeah, it's and, like a nice try. Like, yeah. okay, that's a nice, it's a nice dream, but. <laughs> and then like when i was like 12 or 13 like i i my interest in like seeing the movie like had waned completely but i just wanted to make sure that the movie existed so i looked it up and it was just like okay i wasn't i wasn't going insane that is a film um yeah right yeah right. Um, it, that is a film and it, it kind of reminds me of like i think i have a similar memory with um with, honestly, with a very similar memory with Look Who's Talking. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so from there, um, but so uh, going to the movie we're talking about today, uh, well, the way I first learned about it is in a podcast I used to listen to when it was going on, uh, Jonah Radio, Jonah Ray's old podcast. He mm-hmm. had a, a critic and uh a uh, screenwriter April Wolf on the show mm-hmm. who was talking about her new movie, the remake of Black Christmas. And um she told some stuff about the production, which I'm not sure if I don't think this is really talked about anywhere, but let me just tell you some of the stuff about the production because it like mm-hmm. fascinated me and like has been a movie I've been meaning to watch for years. And I decided to I decided to ask for this one uh when you asked if I wanted to talk about horror movies this month because um the production sounded fascinating to me and i was like okay this 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 is the time to do it so basically when they they were making this movie um uh so april wolf came on to the film like came on to write the script uh, with the director on april 1st of 2019 and the movie got released on December 13th of 2019. And they had a one month to write the film before going to New Zealand to, to make the film. And they also were preparing just in case like the people that own Black Christmas, like the estate of Bob Clark and everyone else, like they just, in case like the rights fall fell through, they wanted to make the movie sort of in the vein of Black Christmas, but make it enough of their own thing. So if they needed to have a new title, they could. And yeah. I found that so fascinating. So I was like, Yeah, let's let's see this. And I and I saw it today. And yeah. Um I liked it. I really, really liked it. What did you think? Okay, you hadn't seen it you hadn't seen it before. Had not seen it before. Oh, interesting. Saved it for today. Yeah. Yeah. Which I I yeah, I and like I was like so curious on how you were gonna take this episode because we were thinking like, were you gonna like hardcore defend this Mm -hmm. as no, this is really great and this was misjudged at the time. Mm -hmm. 
as with many guest choice that has happened before, or mm-hmm. are you going to come on to like purposely shit on a movie that you, mm-hmm. that you really hated and this is going to turn into like an episode where that is, you know, it's like, it's like, we just need to like promote how bad something <laughs> it is, um, which, which has also happened before. Mm-hmm. And yeah, the fact that it's like, you were just like so intrigued by uh, the behind the scenes is also like really, really cool. Um and it, it, you know, and it's like I remember uh, many, many, many episode, like many years ago, uh, like the first ten episodes, mm-hmm. uh, we wanted to do something for Christmas. It was our first Christmas. It's Christmas twenty nineteen. Honestly, like around this time of this coming out, which is kind of funny to think about. Mm-hmm. Um, and I'm just thinking about like this relation, this movie's relationship to the decade, which it doesn't have that big of a cultural footprint, mm-hmm. uh, which, yeah. which I mean is obvious, but. <laughs> it, it's it's like we were trying at that point uh to figure out if we want to do a christmas movie we're just like what 2010s christmas movies are out there because it's like not only that but like going back even further like really the last christmas movie that has like cultural mainstay is elf mm-hmm. in our eyes <laughs> or maybe even like uh something that i'm not even forgetting but then we'll remember after this episode is mm-hmm. done um and oh uh i i was just gonna say if you wanted to really torture yourselves one of these uh decembers you could do like all hallmark movies oh my for god December. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> that that will take some convincing for clay but that will be that would be fun that would be fun we'll just we'll just have to curate carefully um which, which is the best of the worst i guess mm-hmm. um but yeah and that led us to being like let's do carol mm-hmm. and it's like carol being christmas movie is like the ninth thing you think about it which mm-hmm. is sort of like which, which is which i mean it definitely has a sense of place and like a chilliness to it mm-hmm. but um but yeah and it's and i think it's interesting just to look at like the 2010s has nothing new to say about Christmas. Mm-hmm. It has nothing new to say about the Christmas aesthetic. Mm-hmm. Um, <clears throat> oh, I just remember like Krampus. Krampus, like, maybe yeah. Krampus, that could be something, but I guess it's like, again, like wasn't that not really a hit or like wasn't really like, I don't know. Um, yeah, like. Not to like the point under- of like where we were really thinking of maybe. Mm-hmm. Yeah, they had underperformed. Like it did, like okay, critically, I remember, but like underperformed. Also, the same with that. Mm-hmm. Uh, what was it called? Night Before movie. That also right. like, yeah. did okay, yeah. but a little bit underperformed. And then, yeah. um, a movie that I'm I never saw it, but I'm so fascinated also by that one because, excuse me, it was such like a blip on the radar and just nothing since then. It was that Paul movie last christmas yeah oh yeah yeah that's right and it just like i remember like a month or two ago i just remember that movie's existence i'm just like yeah no one has talked about this since the pandemic started that's just so fascinating to me (laughs) and then and like amelia clark you would think would be some kind of like notable romantic comedy uh you know performer but then it's it gets to a point where it's like if the script isn't there then no mm-hmm. one can really make anything work no, um, exactly yeah that, didn't that have like a twist ending that that kind of sort of lit but i forget what that mm-hmm. exactly is uh, yeah can't recall i i remember that being talked about but i can't recall right. unfortunately 
uh, yeah, it was, it was weird. Uh, Paul Feig trying to like shove it in. Mm-hmm. Uh, but but and then we get to Black Christmas. That mm-hmm. you know, I love the seventies one. Mm-hmm. It's fantastic. Uh, portrait of uh insecurity and uh um how there is that that do literally like there is no telling like where the where the killer is there's no telling like when is when when there is safety when there is um some sort of like when there is some sort of like uh security in in the time of like you know wrapped in this christmas aesthetic of the time where it's like there's like a real sense of like grime to look at that film it's it's really really <laughs> great um i saw the 2006 one uh this week as well as the, the 2019 one this week and uh the 2006 one is quite quite bad um <laughs> quite bad really really sucks uh, offers nothing but but boring monotonous uh you know just like underbaked like uh trying to like find an angle on the vast killer <laughs> it's oh, sort of wow. like the, like like the rob zombie halloween where it's like mm-hmm. investigation like what is the mind of a killer but then it just like <laughs> does it just it's so boring. It's so mm-hmm. it's so boring. It has none of the Rob, um, Rob Zombie feel. Exactly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, it has no Bobby's each arm. <clears throat> but then yeah, and we get to 2019's Black Christmas. And I guess it's like I I didn't I think it's really it's really it's really interesting mm-hmm. that we get something that I found very it's very funny to me. Yeah. Like it's almost like Jennifer's body, mm-hmm. um, in the way where it's like, I do, I, I think, I think I can laugh with this, mm-hmm. not at this, mm-hmm. um, but it, it just, it really gets to a point, and it doesn't like, yeah, like it, it's not taking a middle ground, mm-hmm. yeah, um, and that is just very unexpected. I think it just like. You don't know if something like that can be labeled as provocative or labeled as um, like pedestrian. Mm-hmm. And I guess it's like I also heard about the PG thirteen thing, which yeah. sucks. Mm-hmm. Um, but that certainly harms it. But yeah, it's interesting what it... they're able to do with it. Where it's yeah. like that's that then in return forces the movie not to be interested in any sort of violence Mm -hmm. that is sort of like you are horror, like violence is your thing. Like that should be not objectified, but it should be something that you're like building suspense and tension towards. Mm -hmm. It it, it was such a creative pick. I didn't mind the movie. Uh, I guess I, yeah. Cool. But sorry, I just lost my chain of thought. Um, But um uh yeah good to know i'm i'm glad to hear that and i but like i did think it was very a very creative decision and i do wish it could have been an r-rated movie as well but i did i did really appreciate that decision of like having like the black 
like blood-like substance be a plot point in the movie rather than just like so many of the PG-13 horror movies where it's the blood is just like black and it's just never commented on and they were just like oh this isn't blood what is this and we're like trying to like piece stuff together and but yeah go going to what you said earlier yeah the movie is very funny like has like very well like sharp dialogue to it in lots of spots and like also just I did find that the movie like 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 I've seen some people on like Letterboxd and whatnot say that the movie was kind of didact didactic and or sound mm -hmm. like tweets or whatnot and I saw one review uh, um, uh, Justin the Clue, where he's talking about seeing the movie with his partner, and his partner was, uh, she was like, P People said this sounds like tweets. This is how, like, me and my friends talk. What are you talking about? <laughs> and that's yeah. kind of how I feel about it, too. And it, like, also, like, uh, Will, Willow, Caitlin McClay also has a mm -hmm. great review of it, and like, uh, she gets to a lot of the points that I like about this movie, too. I, uh, I do think it just like really does well capture like so much of the anxieties of being a woman and like so much of like the uncomfortabilities of like being targeted by men in such like in such like a um, way of how it feels and like it just it it just feels really well done in that way and it, like it's like yeah it's, it's I just had a really good time with it and um sorry I'm just, I'm just losing my train of thought yeah, no again, but um yeah I'm just like I I was I was very pleased with this movie and uh, having that background knowledge I did of like how tight their production schedule was I was like yeah they really ma managed to pull something off given how mm -hmm. little time they had yeah just just to be like just to be warning you uh if you mention Jonah Radio one more time we're going to have to pay them uh we're going to have to like a large sum of money is going to be sent to Jonah Ray's house and that will be that will be like bad for all of us um uh, <laughs> he's gonna show up to the zoom uh with a list of demands um this is certainly all 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 reduced to just saying april of saying in interviews I'll, yeah <laughs> you can you can even splice that i'll give you a clean one right now yeah yeah april wolf said in an interview great cut Excellent. April Wolf quotes from somewhere. Um but that yeah, no, that is inter that is interesting where mm -hmm. uh you know and what you use the word like how it makes you feel. Mm -hmm. And I and if a move and if the movie can accomplish that, mm -hmm. that is something where uh uh an audience can either miss that or it was misguided to the wrong audience mm -hmm. and and it's not necessarily something that is looking for 
the things to accomplish that a typical horror movie uh, will try to accomplish. Mm-hmm. One specifically um, written by, directed by uh, four women mm-hmm. that are about these things. But I think this one is just going for something s- slightly different because it's like, yeah, because of the background inf- info that, that you shared. And then it, it goes to like the, yeah, I guess it's like the idea where all remakes can stem from, where it's like you very, very much can call yourself something different. Mm-hmm. If no, you're certainly. not going to like use the same character names, you're not going to make it a period piece because like the Bob Clark um, original is is contemporary and mm-hmm. like, you know, there are things that about this one that aren't very like wholly cinematic. Like I, I can understand some folks not really caring for like how much cell phones are used or like mm-hmm. how much contemporary uh language is being used or something mm-hmm. like that. But then it's it's then the idea of like uh this could be like uh I don't know, um uh kills at winter right or it's like mm-hmm. this doesn't have to be like black christmas but no, it could exactly. be something very yeah yeah and i, I just find that mm-hmm. interesting where it's yeah. like because i because i remember like when we covered um let me in and i remember the movie oh my god uh when we covered let me in uh the remake of let the right one it's like that very much like has to like stay because it's also like adapting a novel of course and it's like mm-hmm. has to like, stay in that box but then like yeah, but I guess it's like because it faced so many so many more like production issues and like a shortened schedule. Mm-hmm. And yeah, it it does make me wonder what the response would have been to this movie if it was called like Sorority Sorority Row or something like that. If it would have had the same like response that it got it like grows on the ideas of like uh frat culture yes even better like secretly um not better but like just as well as 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 like a post me too mm-hmm. black christmas can rather than a pre me too one can because it's just like there's uh so much not there's a better understanding of like what the um hetero male uh dynamic looks like and there's and that's just you know much more public i guess and that's Mm -hmm. oh for sure like it has like um like if it feels like so much of the movie is sort of like making so much of like um the the discussions and talks in the first movie in the 1974 movie a lot of the implicit um uh things and making them much more explicit and like because of course like uh the original like there's a scene where they talk about like the one character having an abortion and things like that and and like but yeah just um yeah it just feels like a much more like holistic look at like um university culture and like fraternity culture and just like very much like kind of ripped from the headlines of just like what is like the modern like college campus and what is like 
who are the people that like want to defend the status quo of what universities used to be and um wanting to get universities back to where they were in like the 1970s and it like really really articulated like how it is like fraternities and like certain types of professors as well as we see played by Carrie Elwes um it, it killed me in that first scene with Carrie Elwes how he was quoting like a real sexist thing said by Camille Paglia yeah yeah and it, and and yeah that whole thing was was like really funny to think I thought that was that was really funny mm-hmm. like I thought that was more of like something where you know like a jordan peterson-esque figure mm-hmm. yeah would would like be like and this is where you are wrong mm-hmm. for so-and-so reason i caught you yeah <laughs> yeah i bet you didn't think i would catch you and it's yeah. like then you you feel as though that you're more like intellectually support superior and mm-hmm. and there's then just like uh it is then taking a movie like this to just um face it head on yeah and you you see that and how just like how like uh first of all i just wanted to say that i feel like um imaging poots's performance in this movie was fantastic he's always been great yeah always been so good and i just feel like she just like yeah she, she she just like in those scenes both with uh with carrie ellis as a professor and then with uh like the piece of shit fraternity guys in like the in like the in at the end of the coffee shop scene and then like in the scenes in the fraternity like just like so well captures like just like this sense of just like just the uncomfortability of just like being around these horrid men and how it's just like a feeling of just like god i just i just don't want to be here but i'm basically forced to be here whether it's at school or at work or doing something for the sorority and just like it's just such a great internal performance by her as well as external but she she just like through like her eyes and through her face you can see so much emotion build up and I always really appreciate that in performance when someone's just like you can feel the character almost mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. yeah it's a really vulnerable performance but one that that seems like it's sewn into the fabric of the movie a lot of performances in, in horror that cause like a lot of built up emotion and built up mm-hmm. like repression. And I feel like yeah. this one, is just like very reactive, mm-hmm. very reactive. Um, yeah. Not like uh, it has a perfectly right amount of showy to it. And also mm-hmm. what I also really like about the movie is just how, how it's never like martyrdom mm-hmm. like they never at any point in the movie make her character seem like a martyr like she has autonomy the whole whole time and just it's just like 
it it just feels it, it feels so nice to have a movie where it's just like oh she's just a victim uh poor her and she actually is like no i'm going to like stand up to this guy i'm gonna stand up to these people and it just it it, it felt very nice and uh dare i say even like it just made me feel good seeing that in the movie it felt very nice mm-hmm. yeah because then i think it's um I think it's Jesse that does eventually victimize um, Riley and Mm -hmm. in a situation where even that lends a sense of uh, a sense of urgency and like a sense of relationship Mm -hmm. to the movie where there are such doubts um, cast among like a group setting like this where Mm -hmm. you're just unsure of who to believe in like how many truths can there be and like the murky morality of of mm-hmm. of the situation but then like to see that this is very much like a movie about uh like taking back that agency mm-hmm. is um is something where i think we just are not expected or like not prepared for a horror film to do um especially mm-hmm. something that is this confrontational mm-hmm. and I, I, I would, yeah, because because you just you just you never want to like write the movie you wish it, this was, but it's like I guess people wanted this to be like something that was less confrontational and was more like, uh, like a revenge thriller. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I guess it was just like this is this to me like I think it's always interesting when people bring movies here that are like really notorious uh mm-hmm. uh box office bombs but i think this one to me is like a movie that people think they're getting but then a movie that is the complete opposite yeah and i see so many people like, and would have done also much better during the pandemic yeah oh oh certainly like on I, streaming and like, definitely you know. i definitely feel like it would have had a much better cultural moment if it was released a couple months later um yeah and yeah i i remember and it, and it probably would have gone like um larger like um reclamation i'd say mm-hmm. also if it was released then but i had the point and i lost it but it's just like uh, oh here's what i was gonna say here's what i was gonna bring up um what did you think of the third act because i see so many people be like the last half hour the last act that's where it lost me what did you think during that last act? It it kind of tries to like have its cake and eat it too, in the way of like keeping keeping some sort of like supernatural lore component to the movie while also like villainizing the like the men. Mm-hmm. that are directly opposed and like uh trying to like it, it's it was in, it was interesting it's, mm-hmm. it was something that um i don't know I, I like i i don't think it was i i don't think it was terrible cuz i can mm-hmm. see i can see like what is trying to be said mm-hmm. i like i like everything i don't dislike it but i like everything that does come before it mm-hmm. i guess 
Mm. Um, I don't mean to like <laughs> sound mm. too like democratic, but it's like it is it is interesting to think like it is interesting to me because the desert ring is also very funny. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. that 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 is that there are moments of comedy in this movie that aren't directed as comedic. Mm-hmm. But I don't want to like laugh at the movie, right? Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. The movie yeah, just has such an interesting sensibility to it. I personally feel like I, I, I personally feel like the third act does succeed because I feel like it, at least in my opinion, I do feel like it does like kind of lay the groundwork that like it, that this fraternity like because they already were such like a like so dedicated to like tradition and uh the past and return and all that bullshit uh mm-hmm. that they would just like subscribe they were just like well screw 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 these uh woke people we actually love um this uh founder even though he's racist and sexist and whatnot um and then like and so then like them just seeing like the scroll and and saying like this scroll will help accomplish this like project of becoming like of like getting back to the return that they want and yeah. like putting like the pledges to do that it it's sort of like to a lesser degree but it's sort of mm-hmm. like when you hear a friend or like a friend of a friend say politically correct mm-hmm. like it's just like some phrases are just like are are used so sparingly but mm-hmm. have have very little effect when they're used incorrectly yeah yeah and it, it just like yeah it just yeah I, I think it just works because it I, I think it just captures like the um, the jordan pearson type professor for lack of a better word and the um the like rapist and the rapist friend and like those guys and just like it just like yeah just it 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 just works I think in that uh condemnation of university and fraternity culture and um I, I can definitely see how like it, it it is like a lot to like uh kind of have to like um that's the word like it's very heady in a way kind of to just suddenly have the supernatural element be thrown into there but just like it just i i feel like it i feel like it worked and i i really enjoyed especially like going back to what you said about the, the movie's sense of humor like yeah like definitely like there are parts where you can laugh with the movie and not at the movie and like the the jokes and like the like humorous moments they never uh, overstate or welcome so you can be like hmm, that was funny but it doesn't like overshadow any of the any of the drama or the horror where you're mm-hmm. like um so, so like it just like can be a, a fleeting moment in this um in in this thing like say for example in the in the last scene when like uh 
Chris was like uh, saying, I don't want to say I told you so because we're doing this, but I told you so or that yeah, right. thing. I did think I will say that like a lot of like the last like scenes with like the fighting inside that fraternity room with the bust head, like a lot of the fighting, like it was kind of the geography of the fight was a little hard to follow for me at yeah. least, but overall, I had a I had a pretty good time here. I had a pretty. Have, good have time. you seen Sophia Tikal's other movies? Uh, I have not actually. I do want to see mm. Sophia yeah, Tikal's other films. I was considering if I do if I do check those out or if I saw the two thousand and six Black Christmas. Uh, I think I made the wrong choice, but <laughs> that I I I would be interested because. It seems like, like there is like, there's like directing that is like kind of interesting. Like I think about the moment when, uh, there we see the first kill. I f- mm-hmm. I forgot the character and, and it's like we see like a snow angel imprint and then like yeah. being dragged away to to form like a phallic Im- imagery. Mm-hmm. Um. Which is like really clever, but mm-hmm. um, what was I gonna? Yeah, and and it's like a lot of the humor, like they're yeah, they're like April Wolf does like add in like a lot of like like clever punch ups, like mm-hmm. um, like isn't it Jess asking like how the oven works, like it feels too easy or something? Yeah, like that <laughs> yeah, yeah, that like that was really funny, but yeah, but I guess like for me, it largely does stem situationally, mm-hmm. um. Like oh my god, this is um who is it? Is Nate? I think it's Nate. Who is or yeah, I think it's Nate or Landon. I forget the character's name, but uh the one who like we see someone come up to uh um the group of girls as mm-hmm. as sort of like like oh like this could be someone where it's like they've experienced a lot of like troubling. And harmful issues with a lot of men, a lot of frat guys, mm-hmm. uh, and nobody is is like going to give a shit about them. I think it's just like in 2019, like a lot of people like just mm-hmm. saw, like saw this movie and then like just saw like where it's going and it's like not hiding itself. And mm-hmm. like I do find it like very funny that they'll like add in a character. I think after the um, uh, after the Mean Girls performance, which we can mm-hmm. touch on um, mm-hmm. in a bit, but then it's just like then you add in this character who's like i'm the nice guy yeah. i'm the supportive one who mm-hmm. is all against the frat guys yeah and i think what you guys yeah, are, doing Landon, are yeah. pretty cool yeah mm-hmm. land yes yeah. yeah and is one of those things where it's like i don't think that he is as cool as you guys think he should be <laughs> and yeah and i i really i really like like that is more like funny and more interesting than someone who is like a big like masculine jock bro um because but as as that uh archetype has evolved it's like the guy who's who seems like caring mm-hmm. and uh and sensitive on the outside is actually like manipulative and, and, and gaslighting you yeah yeah that character is interesting because like of course at the end he does also make it free and like uh cites that he was like 
pressured by the the frat to almost join and almost be like become like one of the super members that like that like goes on the killing sprees but like yeah i'm 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 curious like hmm like what the intention per se was with him because like yeah from all the scenes he does seem like a nice guy but also like a like that sort of nice guy where you can't tell if he's shy or if he is like a weirdo because like she like mentioned like oh you every, every single time every single day in the coffee shop you're there but you never talk to me and it's like oh boy this can this can go in this can go in many different directions right about now and but but at least as of as of the end of the film um seems pretty all right at least um seem to be coughing a bit at this at the smoke from the fire but other than that um but yeah the, the scenes again I, I forget all the characters names except for Imogene Poots is Riley but um <laughs> uh but the, that classic character that everyone yeah. knows that she's played <laughs> yeah whenever whenever she goes to like say a starbucks or like to a chipotle <laughs> people say to her hey hey riley and she's like oh that was just, that was just oh that was just like, a character <laughs> i mean oh i mean oh, in real me? life. yeah i'm i'm emotion yeah yeah, yeah. it um, is a mo it's emotion it is i i've never found out what it is but yeah okay i love i love hearing everyone's pronunciations of non-american names yeah uh, i think about our frank episode and mm-hmm. how i impressed clay and our guest cody corral uh it is donald gleason not oh pronouncing the m oh okay yeah how cool is that oh wow yeah. <laughs> i know Everyone listening to this, take a minute to take that. In. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> uh, we're just gonna be signing for the next minute, so you can <laughs> have that in your yeah. uh, listening queue. Yeah. Okay, that was good. Okay. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> but so, um, again, forget the character's name, but like the yeah. boyfriend of the one girl. Who is the like documentarian, I guess, who like in the first couple scenes like seems cool. And then in a later scene, like when they were talking about like the video that was posted and how the Cariel was character reacted to it, and like then he like after like it, I, I thought this was a really good sequence where like um they're all talking and then there was just a shot of him from the back just saying like well you you said something like well didn't you expect this to happen or something like that and then and then just really went into that whole fight where he was being a real dickhead and being like a whole yeah. like not all men type guy but um and yeah and then isn't it jess who's like did you just not all men me yeah <laughs> <laughs> which is funny like i find it funny i find yeah. it yeah, it was a re- it was a really good joke, and yeah, and then like, and then when he like storms out, then he comes back, and he's like, "Where is she? Where is she? Here's the keys." And then like, 
just um and then he just immediately dies um that's another thing that i really like about sophia to call i hope i'm saying that correctly um about I so. uh her direction is that she she's really good at setting things up and like and like paying off with them later both in like using like flashbacks later on to scenes that happened early on and like moments and also just like having things be visible but have having it be kind of subtle like like those mm-hmm. keys or like the hell on the necklace that mm-hmm. has her name or like um the hairpin is like brought up but you kind of forget about it and like mm-hmm. but then when you see it, you're just like oh yeah and just like all those sorts of things or it's just like it just really like culminates really well and it like yeah it feels very like it, it's it's very like swiftly done like it does feel like like the whole 90 minutes it feels like brisk and swift and it feels like it it, it just very well paced as a film I, I i personally think yeah especially the car keys like i thought of i thought of that as well as mm. something that i wouldn't register like immediately but then like yeah that is something of of like your only object of like protection mm. um but is not like the, the like the main source of of like defending anyone's self uh which mm-hmm. is like which is like in- interesting con- to consider that this is all that that is like allowed f- or i think i think it also like is interesting to consider it creates for like interesting tension mm-hmm. but <laughs> which is like i you know it which is interesting because then like that interesting tension created by the car keys <laughs> it's sort of like the idea of like this entire movie is it's it's you know in a fucked up way it's bad because it's like it makes an interesting movie mm-hmm. right like something about this can be so thrilling yeah isn't that terrible but it's mm-hmm. like it's a little bit of this is a weird comparison it's a little bit of like when connor o'donnell was was on for son of saul and uh and he was saying like this is terrible because this movie is about the Holocaust and a, a harrowing portrait of one man's survival. Um, this is so engaging and compelling. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it is and it is that weird thing where it's like you have like an interesting setup for dramatic tension mm-hmm. and uh, very uh, <clears throat> public uh, contemporary issues like this that have issues that have always been at uh, universities and have always been a struggle for teenagers uh mm-hmm. but certainly are, are are addressed more frequently but um yeah it's like it's very you know mm-hmm. very intriguing um yeah. which is you know like i think about the movie the assistant yeah um mm-hmm. like that's an amazing th- right isn't that horrible mm-hmm. yeah. but it's an amazing thriller yeah. <laughs> it, it, it's like the sort of thing where i feel like because the mooney the mooney the movie has like sort of like thorny elements to it people almost don't know how to react to like this being thrilling and funny while also being like a very like 
unafraid feminist film unafraid mm -hmm. to be like very feminist and like so like it just um some might even say quote-unquote didactic which works at some time i don't think anyone said that or that's just a word people sometimes use and i just <laughs> i feel like that could be said mm, but your choice of word <laughs> weird i feel like works i feel oh. like it works and like it just like culminates and like i i, I feel like it's one of those things where like um i i feel like this this is almost something that needs to be done more because like movies can be about serious things but can also be entertaining they don't have to be like right sad they don't have to be trauma porn they don't have to be like oh uh women experience Aww. misogyny is so sad too bad <laughs> oh i wonder if someone can do something about it can anyone do something about it yeah hello yeah, yeah. <laughs> like like wasn't um yeah like uh she said yeah <laughs> like that comes to mind about the weinstein investigators yeah i didn't see that because i think it was just like <clears throat> I heard I heard it was bad and mm. heard like that there were just better movies to see. Yeah. Um, but also it is it is an interesting thing of like yeah, and what else? Like, yeah. Like like, <laughs> it, it, it actually like, like I do I do I don't I you know, I sometimes feel like I don't take enough like of a side mm -hmm. with how I view films. Mm-hmm. That being said, I do see all sides with this film. And mm -hmm. now, like, like this movie has a stance. It has a very hardcore take mm -hmm. about uh, the mistreatment of women at universities, and mm -hmm. of course, like, and how and how they are um, uh, treated unfairly with uh, with with their experiences. Then we have like how it's it's too yeah like it's too mm -hmm. um it's too pedestrian and it's too mm -hmm. um it's honestly like misguided like people even throwing word throwing the word around misguided mm -hmm. um but I don't know and I and I get it I get I get it I just think it's it's an interesting yeah it's inter it's an interesting movie um is, in the way of 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 um of how it's adapting to um and how like how it's evolving bob clark's um you know pre-halloween slasher and now mm -hmm. it's like trying to like evolve that into like post me too mm -hmm. commentary i did, did want to say i did really love that um, um that first kill sequence when like that um forget her name too the girl that had the vibrator gift that's how I remember yeah. her. Um, yeah. she, uh, how she was trying to get into that house because that's something that that's always something you think in slashers. What if they just gone to one of the houses around there? That's actually a thought I had before she went into the house. I was just like, what if she got in there? And then, of course, behind the door was again the killer or a different one of the killers because now we know that there's a bunch of them with the masks on but i just felt that was very creative and like you said before the angel wings and the 
phallic symbol. But, but yeah, it's like it. But it does. I feel like something this movie does bring to mind is like, or just kind of has to have people ponder the question: Can can a movie both be a uh, very politically minded and also something that's like? pedestrian in the way where it can be like really seen by anyone and can really be taken in by anyone and like can a movie do both of those things and work because I personally think they can I think movies can really speak if they speak to everyone and like they have a message like this I feel like it can like really inspire in lots of ways and like what what are you thinking I think so too. I think it's hard for mm-hmm. genre films, and it's even harder for genre films uh, to to do that when it's so confrontational mm-hmm. and it's difficult. It's because I mean, I guess it's now I think about like films that have like had um political undertones are uh strictly um um subtext mm-hmm. or or like you know queer subtext or mm-hmm. uh feminist subtext or something like that and it's like i guess i guess like that seemed to me more successful to drive home a political message than something that is textual Mm-hmm. Um, which I always find interesting where, you know, and may- maybe the the uh, uh, filmmakers aren't intending on like a subtextual reading, but rather it's mm-hmm. just like there's so much craft into like the tapestry of the film that, you know, that can be achieved. But mm-hmm. no, I'm, you know, it's it, it's like the uh, um Oh, what's the like? What was the Fox News film? Um, uh, like about the it? uh bo- bombshell. Bombshell. Yeah. Goodness, that it's it, yeah, it's an it's an SNL film for, mm-hmm. for those that don't know. Um, yeah, <laughs> it came out in twenty nineteen. Mm-hmm. Um, but like I think about that, and it's just like something that is that is also like about like a very pressing matter and mm-hmm. is is like about the media but but like mm-hmm. ultimately like comes comes across as um like you know very like one-sided and like preachy and like something that can like has no has nothing to like dissect the, mo- the movie honestly the more that i think about it the more that i saw of the movie it does kind of honestly uh, remind me two degrees of they live. I think. Oh, interesting. Yeah, to where it does have an unapologetic message to it, and how it is very pedestrian is a word you could use, but also like accessible is a word you can mm. use of just like, yeah, just like it's something that just like. It's very provoking and provocative from like very early on and just like but also it's just like the humor the just the the 
the characters that are drawn out that that like you think at first might be like two dimensional, but then like you see like layers of them, like especially especially Riley, I'd say, but just like, but just like you see nuances and you see see kind of like a thorny nuanced look, especially when like they're even debating like the continual activism in one of the intense scenes and it's just like you are like given both sides of like whether just like kind of live with the frustration or do something about it and and it just like it kind of just really puts you in that scenario and similar to they live is very confrontational with it, but in in an apologetic way, and I just I just really appreciate that. I really appreciate that in a movie and in this movie. What do you think about the dance routine sequence? The dance routine sequence. I I felt like the montage the montage of it was good where like it just kind of like it cut between like um riley and her rapist and like then riley like a mugen bruce character yeah yeah oh yeah that riley yeah yeah that riley yes yeah um and i sometimes forget like that's an actress yes Mm -hmm. (laughs) no it's all good it's not like a real person yeah and (laughs) and how like and then, like, the stuff of the sound of just, like, how this, like, this, the sound is there, but it's not as, like, synchronous as it was before. And you kind of, like, feel in this moment where she just feels kind of lost and just is not sure what to do because this fucking guy's there. And just, I feel like it just, like, really does well. And um, how, like, like for a bit she's hiding and then like the three of her girls like uh go in front of her and then how she just it kind of wasn't clear to me that if that was like the planned routine or not that whole second part of the song it seemed to be but just like how she just like abruptly just like went into it but also like didn't kind of participated in the whole dance part to it but didn't because she was just like no I'm actually going to like uh, speak to this I'm going to like fight back in this way and which again she does at the very end of the movie but it just like I feel like it works because it just like really shows the complexities of this character like how how like she might be scared but at the end of the day she will do what needs to be done for her to feel comfortable and i just i i really appreciate it i i feel like i feel like as we've gone more and more into this episode i've gone from like yes yeah, pretty good to like yeah full on being like one of the exiting for 2000 uh, 2010s um defenders i'm i'm fully in defender mode now that is that is where I am. Oh hell yeah! No, that's that's like, that's like, that's really, that's really interesting. Is I, 
I can see the movie trying to get at something mm-hmm. that is very authentic, mm-hmm. but not in the way of like how the dance would go mm-hmm. or like like a social media post yeah yeah, yeah it's would fair. be that's, would that's, like that's, uh, oh, go, go ahead would, like, no, no like a social media post would be like would be apt to be like <clears throat> uh so and so a guy mm-hmm. from so and so frat can see what you are posting mm-hmm. should you should you still post that even though that is made public or something like it's it's like the dance is like it is interesting to see like you know them still like do that and like the mm-hmm. lyrics that they're singing and, mm-hmm. and like the booze that they get mm-hmm. but it's like i see is like you like you can even like read into it as a um uh like a like a simulation of social media mm-hmm. and how it's like you're going to get ridiculed and like mm-hmm. you know that like your shit's out there even if it's deleted or yeah uh something like that but it's like i i you know it's much more of like even if it is if it does come off like preachy or if it comes off as um uh too what other adjectives can we use (laughs) or if it comes off as like Uh, too one note like one note didactic as i said before (laughs) right right, right. Uh, yeah yeah yeah. um Mm -hmm. but yeah i i I think it just can branch off Mm -hmm than just it's it's dance routine right mm-hmm. yeah and yeah the whole thing with like i completely forgot to even talk about this that whole sequence of the security guard and just <laughs> that was actually another funny sequence where she's like dms and then he was silent then she was like you know direct messages and then she was like well you know messages on apps and then he was like right dms <laughs> so i felt that sequence was funny and uh but just like after that how he was just like well don't you think uh, you're putting too much thought into these messages? Don't you think that the train could have delayed because of snow or something? That whole thing. And just like also being like, well, how come you assume this landing guy's good, but assume that this other guy's bad or whatnot? And it's just like, again, really just well, well, it's well done in how it captures that frustration. And like, also like, it also like sets in motion like that whole thing fear that she has later on which of just like what if they just think we murdered these guys what if they don't believe us that this is like this whole conspiracy going on here and mm-hmm. it just and i think still and also it is it is interesting to bring up again like the mood that it conveys and like the yeah. frustration that is at the core of this all because it it mm-hmm. It doesn't have to be um um like uh symbolic yeah. to to convey like the hopelessness that something this forthright can achieve. And yeah. uh, you know, and I think they live is a very good yeah uh callback as well. Uh so and much of course it like about- Sorry. Yeah, no, no, no. I guess it's just more like, you know, it's like the people who who 
uh, claim a bigger picture is going on mm-hmm. than just like one person was um, inappropriate to me or one person was like was wasn't taking no it's like mm-hmm. then it's just like oh what do you think everybody's doing it or do, do you mm-hmm. think like they're all in cahoots and mm-hmm. then it's like to actually reveal like there is a legit conspiracy there is yeah. lore mm-hmm. i think it's like kind of it there is something there you know yeah i guess is. it's like i guess for me also it is like i've heard so much negativity mm-hmm. and there was like so much like like there was there's there was no chance given to this movie right and i guess mm-hmm. it's like i was coming into the film with like very very low expectations mm-hmm. and also loving the bob clark one but who doesn't mm-hmm. right yeah it's, it's just no, like exactly. a classic yeah um and that's I, tough to do mm-hmm. no I, I get what you mean and i i also get what you mean with because like there are so many movies where like i like kind of expected nothing and then just was kind of like almost shocked when i saw the finished movie where it's just like oh this is what everyone was angry at like um mm-hmm. a particular one recently was like uh when i saw when i saw the movie well this would be diving into another discourse but hey let's go um uh after seeing so many like people be negative about bottoms and then just one friend who i trust comedy wise was just mm-hmm. like um bombs was really funny i just was like okay i trust her judgment more than all these people on letterbox so i watched it and i was just like yeah this is awesome <laughs> <laughs> yeah i just need to catch up with bottoms um yeah but i really loved uh shiva baby that is nice. like a fantastic movie yeah um yeah, so good. I, I you know going back to what we're speaking about what the movie mm-hmm. is yeah i i and i apologize for keep looking away because someone <clears throat> someone that has been kept on my staff for mm-hmm. the strike going on um mm-hmm. and i want this i don't want this to deviate mm-hmm. um but uh, someone that has been kept on the staff in favor of all of us um, mm-hmm. is a sexual assaulter and has been has been notified about past, uh, uh, you know, past claims and past uh, and past, um, you know, allegations. And mm-hmm. these things have been brought to like managing management and owners and partners mm-hmm. oh, wow. still has been has been brought in as as a replacement to the staff in in uh you know as a choice to like let everyone go in favor of him mm. you know mm. these things still happen yeah yeah obviously they still happen but you know yeah that, yeah you know, yeah no or exactly. like they they happen like as close to to me and you and mm. yeah. no a hundred percent and like yeah it's that's kind of the whole thing of this movie it's just like it just kind of goes through how it's just like yeah it's all like it shows how the world is so like structured to favor of like mm-hmm. uh these the, these type of these types of pre- predators and whatnot and just like it just like yeah it just and and like that's it, it was like one line at near the end of the movie but they were like oh well the uh after the fraternity after we graduate then we'll fill the boardrooms and the and the court rooms and the third rooms that i forgot but just like 
Yeah, so much of it is structural and just like is just mm-hmm. yeah it's all institutions yeah institutions. i saw a video essay about this movie and it started and i, and I guess like it was started with a with a statistic that is obvious but mm-hmm. like bears reminding that like 85 percent of fortune 500 company executives are all past fraternity brothers Oh my god! And it's something like like sixty five percent are president, past presidents, <laughs> and like it's like seventy percent are, um, you know, uh, uh, like like uh, um, political officials, like mm-hmm. like some sort of like state representative, and it's like yeah, like they hold like a ton of power, and yeah, and coming from from that kind of institution and that kind of like uh a brand can Mm -hmm. give you so much leeway it's yeah it's like disturbing Mm -hmm. i remember uh going into like a real life story i like i remember um uh at the school i went to for 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 college a couple years ago and dropped out of but i remember like the halloween one year like a couple of my friends were like, "Oh, we're gonna go to uh, to the frat house." And then they were like, "Do you want to go?" And I was like, "You know, I don't really." Or I didn't say this, but I was like, "You know, um, people like me aren't. I don't think really accepted at fraternity houses. So I'm just gonna stay in and watch some horror movies instead." <laughs> and um. Yeah, and also this was the weirdest part of my college. So like, it was in it, we were in Cleveland, we were in the city, and so it's it was like, well, why go to a frat? Why join a frat? Why join a fraternity when you live in like a major city and don't have to be in like a college town where that's the only way you get beer? You can just go to like any like punk club and just like. No one will care if you drink a beer, <laughs> like right, right. And so that's just... more Yeah, it's just about acceptance. Yeah, yeah. And so, but yeah, yeah. Fraternity culture is so strange to me. Yeah, certainly. It's you... so it's so fucked up. Um, yeah. Were you ever like, did did fraternities ever try to like make you join or no? I think, I think I wanted to freshman year mm-hmm. as a way of being manipulated by them because they try to get you mm-hmm. out of the necessity to make friends mm-hmm. and I really wanted to make friends and fit in yeah. and that mm-hmm. was their way of speaking to your level mm-hmm. yeah. um there is I think I think then like there were just weird not even hazing but just weird things that you had to do like um like you had to spend a week uh like chained to like an older like uh you know an older member and and like just like monitor what they do throughout their day even as even if it has no relation well, to what your schedule is wait so you're like just going to their classes like you're going yeah. to like their sociology yeah. 201 and be like okay yeah, yeah. Because you have to learn what it's like to to live as a member, even though you're not doing any. Uh, it, and and then you also have to, like sign a constitution, but then like, 
like signing of the constitution was like super weird. Like there was weird music playing. I remember. And, and I was like, this isn't, this is weird. And then I just yeah. walked away. Uh, I walked out of the room. Yeah. That's good. And, and, and then, but it was nothing outside of that. Like it was nothing that I was like very passionate towards going into university. Mm-hmm. I think it was just like, I was definitely like, 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 a, like not, like, I like like I was trying to be sucked into it. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. you were trying to find weird. your place in the world. Yeah. yeah, yeah, which we all are. It's, yeah, of course, it's the whole thing. Mm-hmm. And like, yeah, and it it, but but also that's that's how they get you if you're just looking to make friends. They want those people so that they can be like manipulating to doing these things and like perpetuating like this cycle and just be like, oh, the music that was weird at the Constitution. Well, like that has to be there because so and so in 1964 was like, oh, we are going to do it with this music now. So we do it with that music now. And that just like, yeah, it's just a yeah. It's a very interesting. It's a very interesting scenario. Very interesting world. I will say, um, also, well, um, if for any newer exiting through the twenty tens listeners who haven't listened to it, um, I think a movie that I feel like does with like content contemporary issues quote-unquote contemporary issues much better or much worse much worse i should underline that much worse <laughs> worse 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 maybe even not cut better out said, maybe even cut out the part where i, I slightly said better because i just like misspoke but somewhere <laughs> that does it much worse is oh weird what did you say you said that better is that what i should uh, add in again i should uh, duplicate yeah yeah don't take that <laughs> take that out don't put it don't um put it in there again 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 better and better and better and better and better and better and better um a fantastic woman uh just like and you can go through us talking at length about that film and talking about how how not good that film is it would, it would be funny if you even spliced it in there and said and how and then just great different and how <laughs> gr- hey it's like different letters too like how it's spliced in gr- r- a- e. <laughs> but what I, I think what also is interesting about fantastic woman <clears throat> is that you are on for mm. the foreign language oscar winners Yes. Like that won the most prestigious prize ever. And it's yeah. like so like outdated and stale mm-hmm. and mm-hmm. like like how like even at the time, like all of us kind of knew what it was, but didn't really know like how specifically like it it was like like that's the, like you can say didactic and pedestrian mm-hmm. there. Yeah, no, certainly. <laughs> but for this, like it made no money, like it didn't even like make its budget, like it didn't even like double its budget. Um, mm-hmm. and it just kind of like like it got a D cinema score like it yeah. had like nothing to to offer but actually like there could be something here that mm-hmm. that we didn't really recognize at the time yeah yeah, yeah. 
and God, now now I'm just being like um, I'm just getting all my memories back of 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 seeing a fat fantastic woman and like <laughs> that completely weird scene uh where where she where they some like harassers put like tape on her face and then she's yeah. driven to like the like um cemetery but she just takes the tape off her face and it's just like what was the point of that scene other than just trauma porn but like and it's like cool imagery like you yeah. just want to see someone like uh like physically held back mm-hmm. <laughs> The director is always like, you know, I've always wanted to see a trans woman with tape on her face, and now he has. But um, uh, uh allegedly, I'll just say because I don't want that director to be mad at me. But um, anywho, yeah. um, I'll duplicate allegedly. <laughs> <laughs> but so yeah, I feel like this is a movie that I feel like this is a movie that. I'll grow with over time and I feel like I'll have more thoughts on over time. It, it is a movie that I definitely can see rewatching a lot and like um just watching a lot because it's just like like I said before, it's brisk, it feels it it's just very zippy. It has funny moments and just really like clever direction that just really like um r- r- really like lets it like puts all the pieces together in a, in a way that I personally like it so and yeah it might even like go beyond this to maybe a place of being like something of like a a, a canon pick for me but who knows hmm. and, like well, a 2010s horror canon pick or like just yeah, films maybe, maybe yeah, films yeah. maybe 2010s yeah. horror maybe horror in general who's to know who's, who's to, know? to say yeah. it could be anything yeah, it could be anything. Uh, yeah, yeah, that's very cool. What do you what What do you think of like your relationship with this movie going forward? Like, oh wow! What do you think? Um, at least from like your thoughts since when you watched it. Yeah, I don't know. I, huh. I don't. I I like. I I I always love. I I get. It's it's weird to um. It's a weird answer, but I always love the movies we cover. Mm-hmm. I know it's it's like it, I I I like to like have them because like I we don't know what we're gonna cover. Yeah, like everyone else like brings them to us, and I guess mm-hmm. it's like I see it as I mean the word you use is canon, mm-hmm. and and yeah. like um um and like this is now a part of our canon because you brought it to us. Yeah, and like so in like doesn't matter like what we I mean obviously like we're here every episode but it's like it matters like more to me like what the guest thinks about it and why mm. it matters nice. to 2010s 2010s films um and for me it's like i think i'm always going to admire it for it being a part of the pod nice. and i think i do i do like it because we got to do this yeah like, I, I think if it was just like if i just read the letterbox writing and the think pieces and mm-hmm. the interviews i think it just like it only gives you one side, but it's like, yeah, like hearing your thoughts like enlightens me even more. Oh, thank you. Um, but um, is there any more we should touch on for Black Christmas? 
I'm tr I'm trying to think if there's anything else that any loose ends I forgot to mm -hmm. uh, bring up, but I hmm. Let me think about that for a second. I feel like I feel like we've touched on pretty much. I oh I did feel like that was an interesting twist. Uh, spoiler, uh, spoiler alert for for those of you who are an hour and ten minutes into this podcast and had yet to um uh see the movie. Just to warn you, uh, a very vital spoiler is about to happen. So pause it if you are going to see the movie. I'm going to give you five seconds to pause before I say my spoiler. Counting the Mississippi's with those pause, yeah, yeah, but yeah, yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Spoilers, 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 spoilers. <laughs> when, uh, well, we should we should we should make a spoiler warning, but for the entire episode, nice. people don't know when it's coming. People don't know when it's gonna end. <laughs> what is the spoiler? <laughs> spoiler alert! <laughs> Yeah, let's get a cold read of us being just both yeah. like it's a spoiler time. <laughs> I had spoilers I had, right spoilers. now. <laughs> hey, Exling the twenty tens listeners. This is guest. <laughs> this is guest Valerie of Jack, and we. Hey guys, this is Jack here with Valerie. <laughs> And we have a spoiler that we're going to say at some point in this episode. <laughs> we won't say when. It could be early on in the show. It could be late in the show. But There's a spoiler, spoiler coming, everyone. Just want to forewarn. Just want to forewarn. So if, if, <laughs> yeah. if, you, if you care about spoilers yeah. and you want to see the movie first, <laughs> pause that button. Hit it like... <laughs> Like you're to bring your phone and just pause. <laughs> unplug. unplug, unplug the yeah, unplug <laughs> and plug into your laptop. <laughs> go to YouTube movies. Rent Black Christmas 2019. <laughs> make sure it's not Black Xmas 2006, and make sure it's not uh Black Christmas 1994. Although you can probably see it for free on Tubi or mm -hmm. some other free movie site. So once you make sure it's the 2019 film, watch that movie, and then you can hear our spoilers. And <laughs> there's a spoiler coming. Spoiler. There's a spoiler coming. And we will let you know when that is. <laughs> you just need to be aware that it will be here. When it is here, you... Better have seen the feature <laughs> film Black Christmas. Because I don't know. Directed by Sophia Tikal. Sophia Tikal, written by <laughs> Sophia Tikal and April Wolf, who is oh. on another podcast that I cannot <laughs> mention for legal reasons. <laughs> the movie features Emojin Poots as Riley. Yes. Make sure it is that Black Christmas. <laughs> yes. And then listen to the spoilers. <laughs> Because I don't need my menchies filled out by people saying uh, that. 
face. <laughs> Black Christmas 2019. Black Christmas 2019 ruined for me. I don't need that. And yeah. I don't need yeah. my intern, who is <laughs> my cousin's cousin with your intern, <laughs> to have to deal oh with my that. God. My intern just needs to deal with those menchies, I don't think. But what we really don't need. What we really don't need right now is cinema sins taking their grimy little hands on Black Christmas, <laughs> telling us what's wrong, and we'll tell you what's right. In the spoiler warning, five, four, three, two, one. Okay, go. Okay. So <laughs> I-, I love the scene with, uh, or I love the whole sequence where it turns spoilers, out, spoilers that Helena was never killed by um the frat and in fact had been working secretly in cahoots of the frat uh buying into their whole return to tradition ideology and being like oh uh, isn't it better that we serve our rightful place and and it just like yeah and just how like her whole end and how like her being killed they say is like part of the cause and it just like really shows how like not fighting for liberation won't do any good for you in the end because you're still on the on this on the losing side in their eyes, the uh, marginalized side, and I felt like that was very well done. I felt mm-hmm. like that was very well done. Yeah, and Me too. um, yeah, um, trying to think if there's anything else outside of there. Um, I'm. I th- I think I'm good. I feel like I th- I feel like I've said everything that I can say, everything that I can't say, everything in between. So mm-hmm. those are my... everything that is unspoiled. Unspoiled. That is that is non. <laughs> Wait, this is. I'm sorry. This is a. Huh, I'm sorry, everyone. Um, this is a non-spoiler podcast. I forgot that the first sentence of the podcast description. <laughs> <laughs> non-spoilers this is, this is a no spoilers this the one with spoilers will be out next week yes <laughs> other, other shows they do like yeah that will re- that one will also reveal the podcast April Fool was on We will get a podcast reveal and spoilers without warnings because you better have seen the movie for that podcast. <laughs> okay. Um, uh, Jack. Yes. Is there, is there any final words for you on um, Black Christmas 2019? I. Like I like I mentioned before, I guess I already gave my final thoughts in how it's a movie that has a very cold. Uh, I mean, literally, but uh, you know, I find interesting. I was coming in with low expectations, 
and found that there's something here that kind of works in the Blumhouse molds mm-hmm. and works uh, that that's that's really funny, but also at the same time has um, conveyed a lot of the mood and mm-hmm. frustration with these uh, uh, contemporary societal issues. But yeah, I guess um, I still, I still think the Bob Clark film is insanely good Mm -hmm. and um, a true masterpiece. Yeah. It's real. Yeah. Yeah. Especially Mm -hmm. like that and peeping Tom, like reaching the same, the same goals that Halloween does before that is Mm -hmm. like, really cool to see and it's not only even like films that are just like oh okay it's important because it's important but it's actually important because it's really great mm-hmm. um yeah but but i think this one this one is just not it just happens to share the same title yes. is my ultimate thing and it's just like not it's not black christmas mm-hmm. it's not a remake mm-hmm. it's sort of like well it's like a I guess I guess April Wolf like defined it as like trying to find their own vision, but yeah, um, it really does feel like something, yeah, um, and it can exist that way. It's not yeah. like Suspir- the Suspirious, I guess, mm-hmm. is another example, yeah, uh, which you would think someone would have picked at this at this point, but oh wow, um, that's something that is that's also like really provocative and mm-hmm. had a searing reception, but um, mm-hmm. uh, I would like to cover it because I think it's also interesting. What is your favorite scene? Let's get into favorite scene. What's your favorite scene from uh, Black Christmas? There's going to be spoilers. Spoiler warning for favorite scene. I I really like those scenes early. Or this is it, I think. Uh, It was the scene where, like, uh, we find out that Riley's character is an orphan uh, because uh, one of the other characters said, like, both your parents are dead and she was like oh my god really like just really shocked like she like had never heard and then she's like yeah i know <laughs> I, I felt that was really good also maybe this i think also just the scene in the the dance scene i think is also very high up there for me and now the girls from moon kappa Rebuild yourself, bitch. Up in the frat house, me and you. And you know what I'm there to do. We're drinking and kissing. What comes next? You and I have S-C-X. I didn't know. Ho, ho, ho. I didn't know. Yes, up in the frat house, one true fact. And that is that I got attacked. Up in the frat house, shit went down. 
and I'm telling everyone in town I didn't lead you on for goodness sake I couldn't have cause I wasn't awake Ho ho ho, I didn't know Ho ho ho, I didn't know Yes, up in the frat house, click 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 What you guys do in here is sick No, he said, she said, what was true? Don't say that this was my fault Cause what you did is called assault yeah. Ho, 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 I didn't know Ho, 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 I didn't know Yes, up in the frat house, click, click, click You slip me a roofie and then you're dead I'll say the first kill yeah. again. Mm -hmm. um, it's just like an, an effective piece of filmmaking. As we say, like there's like, uh, it just feels like very raw and you feel the vulnerability in that performance. Mm -hmm. um, you know, I guess it's, it is, it is sort of like a layup of, um, of a lot of horror filmmaking to get, to get someone like hooked in their, in their, opener yeah um and this is and this is no different yeah yeah mm -hmm. certainly um, um yeah, yeah. <laughs> very npr of us yes <laughs> seen that uh yeah
uh, thank you for being here and also such short notice, which is very kind of you. Um, but we love having you on and uh, also for for yourself who hasn't had the opportunity to like pick as many movies as mm-hmm. other guests, but that'll, you know, like that'll change. That's just like happenstance. And it's like, it's interesting like that we finally got to like see like what you've, what you've come up with when you've handled the guest choice. But uh, yeah, thank you for being here. And if you have anything that you're working on, like any, like uh, I'm seeing here that you've had like uh, three or four podcasts made in the time of, of this, of this taping of an episode. It's it's weird. That happens. Um, Um, But yeah, promote anything that you have out. Yeah. Um, I think so. I, Hmm. What am I working on? That's an interesting. Are you on question. threads yet? I I am on threads. I'm on yeah. Blue Sky, all at the same place. I someone took stealing Valerie from me on Instagram and threads. So uh, stealing underscore Valerie on both of those. Uh, no underscore the other places. Um and um, I a couple um. Oh, a bit ago, I wrote uh, my first piece on Substack about Glenn Glenda and my opinions on that film. Another thorny film, but, but another thorny film that I truly love and see a lot of of, of like beauty and art, artistic intention in. And so I, I did do that. And I also have... I feel like I plugged this last episode and it, it's taken so long to like get this off the ground, but I have this whole like uh project about like trans history and trans yeah, zines right. and like kind of like underground outsider zines in general that I want to get off the ground, but um I, I've kind of like taken to like being like, oh, I want to be comprehensive with it, but then like I just kind of got stuck in like the like research part of it for the longest time but soon and i knock on wood <laughs> knock on wood at this table um this nice desk in front in turn of can confirm yes uh, you're knocking on wood yes and uh, i think it's birch from the sound of it um uh <laughs> but uh um that will come out soon uh the project is called forbidden treasures and um just if twitter still exists uh by the time it's this project is released go there and you shall see it if it's if twitter doesn't exist it'll exist in another place but this will be out next week perfect yeah perfect um yeah Lots to do, I guess, yeah. in the span of that. Yeah, lots uh, yeah. to do. <laughs> lots to research, lots to plan for. Yes. Uh, uh, but I am thinking of just like making. <laughs> ma- I'm, I'm. I am thinking of just making like a five minute first episode where I just am like, this is the first episode. This exists. This is. It's going yeah. to be more than this, and then just release that. So I'm like, okay. It has a first episode. Don't have to worry. Yeah, just to just like anymore. that sounds. Yeah, yeah, I, yeah. Because I mean, like you know, that that kind of works on both sides. Like that is out there to, uh, to be to be viewed and to be uh to be seen and interacted with. 
Mm-hmm. And then that, that works on your side as well. To like, yeah, just like do something. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> right. But no, I think that's a great idea. Yeah, certainly. Oh, it's you. not it's not something that we did. We just mm-hmm. like there we are, first mm-hmm. episode. Mm-hmm. Check us out. But uh trailers are uh something that never is a bad idea, you know. Uh and uh every everyone everyone should do podcast trailers. Don't do what we didn't do, right? Um is, is there anything you can I, change in the in in the years since you started a podcast? Is there anything that you wish you learned earlier oh, wow. or whatnot? Oh my god. Anything I wow. Um That feels like something that I would like. I would tell you, like, not off mic. Yeah, like no, no, like, or I guess like I, I just wouldn't have. I would have to think about, but Mm -hmm. I guess something like there wouldn't be something that would immediately come to mind first, but something I would, something that would come to mind. Um, knowing what i know now just like how to interact with guests i think is the first thing that comes to mind like just like with how nervous both of us were Mm -hmm. because there's definitely a first date experience with Mm -hmm. uh meeting someone and you just like are feeling out like how you only know someone from from an online platform and how that's only Mm -hmm. like one side of a person Mm -hmm. um yeah, I, oh my god, there's so many things, but I yeah. It's, it's like it's like in a few weeks it's going to be 4 years for us, mm. which oh wow. is unbelievable. It's amazing. Uh but yeah, and I guess I guess it's like in the end in that way. I also I also have to ask Clay cuz I guess like mm-hmm. like but between the two of us I bet we can come up with a better answer, but mm-hmm. that's yeah. Yeah, it's certainly it's certainly something where like there's there's like it, it must like tell me like there's a lot that could be an answer like that. Mm-hmm. There's just not one clear thing, but yeah. Yeah. No, um, sure. Yeah. I, I, I was just going to say that was something I learned from uh, the, the odd pod is sort of on leave right now, but I, it will probably come back at some point, but um, um, just, it's a, it's a project that's always going to be there. And that, I, I'm sure we'll get back to it soon, but um, what I was going to say with in, on topic of that was I think something with like having guests, especially guests that you don't know, is like I've, I've interacted with so many people who are nervous to reach out to people and I think something that like people need to remember is that a lot of a lot of, if, for any people listening who might want to start their own podcast and reach out to like say like someone famous or like relatively famous in like podcast worlds or whatnot mm-hmm. everyone is kind of less like famous. Dax Shepard like Dax <laughs> oh certainly like Dax Shepard like uh, uh, Ryan who needs Will Arnett uh, yeah um, Jason Bateman Jenna Fisher mm-hmm. um, <laughs> Mark uh, Marin, Joel um, McHale <laughs> The, the thing that you have to know with all these people is like 
Glenn Howerton. <laughs> yeah, Glenn Howerton, Charlie Day. People strictly made famous from podcasting. Yes. That's all they've done. Yes. <laughs> but so many people who do podcasts or like have even just written things online, you know, like Joyce, Joyce Carol Oates. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the thing with people that like uh, podcasts or, or do things online is just like, all these people are like fundamentally less famous than you think they are. And they are just people at the end of the day. So mm-hmm. like um just talking to them like people and just right. um doing a do, doing a show of them, it is like a full experience and like you can just it, yeah, don't be so anxious because it's just like, yeah, um people are people and they're gonna be cool if if, if you're i guess another cool, answer cool. for yeah. us mm-hmm. is like we people who love i guess specific specific to us but i guess mm-hmm. people who love movies want to talk about movies yeah mm-hmm. that's 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 that you know and mm-hmm. it's like that's cool that's amazing uh mm-hmm. and it's something that's so easy that's taken for granted yeah no exactly yeah. and but yeah, um, yeah, I, I, I've, I've nothing more to add. This, this yeah, this is. Thank you, Jack, again. Yeah, for, thank you for saying that. Yeah, uh, 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 letting me on. Uh, this, this has been a really great conversation, and uh, I want to say also thanks to engineer again. Yeah, thanks for intern. yeah, thanks for the engineer and the intern for providing saltines and water and yes keeping their distance yeah. um and they don't get too fiery yeah oh uh, is this podcast sponsored by liquid death which i'm holding <laughs> in my hand right now liquid yeah it's death, drink it up till you die <laughs> <laughs> it's also sponsored by simply safe which is why you you are locked in that class case there yes. mm-hmm. yeah they're they're held up in mm-hmm uh, but while we get you out of there, mm-hmm. I can be found on on uh, X, formerly known as Twitter. Uh, and usually is so irritated at that, and now he's not here to, to okay, hear that. Uh, yeah, there. yeah, there. Thank, thank you, thank you. Uh, that, that's really nice. Uh, uh, I'm I'm there at Jack A Draper. I can be found on Letterbox Jack Draper Seven. Uh, you can email the pod at. Exiting through the 20 cents at gmail.com. Um, this movie is not available to stream, which which is a bummer because like mm-hmm. you would think maybe they'd be like even more of a reclam- reclamation if if that were the case. But mm-hmm. uh for now we uh recommend just you know seeking it out by any means. Yeah. <laughs> we can. Um and we uh have our next episode and our final episode in horror month with Mandy uh, Sloan K will be here for, uh, for, for Mandy. Mandy is uh, a film that I, I found like I was really taken to years uh, nice. ago. And uh, I'm, uh, I'm really, I'm really pumped for that. Cause like, that's, that's, that's a movie like that, that uh, has a lot going on as well and uh you know also not very quiet uh you know and, and that's yeah uh 
yeah, in a different, I guess, like a very unique um, <clears throat> kind of grunge horror that you can investigate there. Um, but yeah, I guess that's that's all. That's all. That's Clay usually does this part. <laughs> I'm just like, oh, what's what's there left to what's there left to say? But um, yeah, catch us next time on exiting exiting through the